Mark Walter is the reason the Dodgers aren't getting over the hump in the postseason. That's what one writer thinks. Uh, should the Dodgers philosophy be challenged and should they change it up? And it is the three-year anniversary of the Dodgers winning the World Series. So we're going to relive those feelings. That's what's on tap. So let's get locked on Dodgers. You are locked on Dodgers. Your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Lockdown Dodgers. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Lockdown, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. This is... The daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked on Dodgers. And if you never want to miss a day because, you know, we're not going to, you can subscribe in each of those places and be notified when our episodes are ready to go. If this is your first time listening watching, I'm Vince Samperio, usually joined by co-host Jeff Snyder, but I'm rolling out the finishing out the, the week by myself. Jeff and I are both lifelong Dodger fans. We've covered the team. We've watched a lot of Dodger baseball. We have done a lot uh, regarding and surrounding the Dodgers, including being in the press box, being in the locker room, being at spring training, all those things. We're not quite insiders, though. We're, we're just here to bring you some rational and knowledgeable takes about the Dodgers. And today we're going to try to do that uh, like we normally do. So let's get right, right into it. It was another day of no baseball on Thursday. The World Series starts today on Friday. And, you know, we've talked about kind of rooting interest, who is, you know, former Dodgers on each team, whatever the case is. Um, yeah, I personally don't have a preference of who wins. Um, you know, I can find justifications in each. With the major justifications, I guess, being – if the Dynamax finished this off, uh, you know, them beating the Dodgers feels less fluky, maybe. And if the Rangers win, then the, you know, the Dodgers division rival doesn't win. You know, I, I, I don't know any Dynamax fans personally, um, other than Locked On Dynamax host Millard. Other than that, I don't know any personal Dynamax fans, so that doesn't really affect me too much. Um, but. We're going to talk about Mark Walter. If you don't know who Mark Walter is, he is the controlling owner of the Dodgers, of part of the Guggenheim group. And Dylan Hernandez of the LA Times wrote an article. Basically, the, the, the headline is, it's time for Mark Walter to show he really is the Dodgers controlling owner. And it talked about the, it, it leads off with, talking about the speech that uh, Mark Walter kind of gave after the Dodgers won the World Series, which we all have, we all remember, and we all know that went on a little bit too long. Uh, but, you know, we're, regardless of that, uh, I wasn't really worried about Mark Walter's speech at that time anyways. I was just, well, kind of was worried about him just stop talking so everyone else can talk, so the Dodgers can start their celebration and we can see them, uh, you know, celebrate. But it says that 
Mark Walter, that moment kind of showed that he's out of touch. And it was, for the most part, viewed as harmless. But now he says the absence of leadership feels like a problem. And he says, Dodger heading to the most important offseason. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. He says, where's the owner to challenge Friedman on his philosophy? Where's the owner to interject common sense into the conversation? Where's the owner to reopen his checkbook and implore the baseball operations department to spend whatever it takes to ensure the Dodgers don't have another year like this. Walter is a controlling owner of the Dodgers. He's the person in charge. He has to start acting like it. And, you know, Dylan Hernandez has a job and, you know, at this point, I don't fault him for this type of article, but as far as we know, you know, or what we've been told and taking that face value from Andrew Friedman and everybody else, like the Dodgers have been willing to spend, um, you know, there's no number he specifically has every, you know, blah, 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 all that type of stuff. Like, uh, so reopening the checkbook, I don't think is really something I, you know, I don't, the pressure, if there was pressure to get under the luxury tax, I do I honestly feel like it's more about the draft pick dropping than it is the actual money. So I don't feel like that's coming from, you know, above ownership. I feel like Andrew Friedman, you know, hates the fact that if they could have got under the luxury tax, then he doesn't have to have the draft pick loss or drop or whatever the case is. But there's, you know, some sense of, I don't know about truth, but, I can understand uh, a small part of this and I can be like, okay, you know, challenging owner, challenging owner, you know, caring more um, about, you know, the Dodgers losing in the postseason. And it's just like the last two years has now kind of marred what this Dodgers run of postseason appearances has been um, because, it, up until that, like before two years ago, you could say, okay, you know, it was easier to sell it as successful overall in the sense of, okay, you have a World Series title, you made the World Series three out of four years, you should have two World Series titles, but when team was caught cheating, that that beat you, and you know your string of, you know, 2016 they made the NLCS, 2017 they made the World Series. 2018, they made the World Series. 2019, they lost in the Division Series. But 2020, they won the World Series. 2021, they made the NLCS. Like, that was a string of, you know, satisfactory enough results in the postseason. But now you have it the last two years. Lost in NLDS, lost in NLDS. Won both the division rivals. Won a little bit more embarrassing in the sense that they got swept. The other one a little bit more embarrassing in the sense of, the Padres were kind of, you know, their in-season rival that year specifically. So I can understand that. But how often or, or how many times is the owner stepping in been beneficial, like extremely beneficial? Or, or how many people, you know, think of all teams that you know their owners and think about if that team is successful in – regular season successful in the postseason you know things of that nature and, and one you know name that comes up to me is jerry jones uh jerry jones is maybe too involved with the cowboys and they've had a little recent string of success 
the last few years making the postseason, but losing in the postseason has kind of become their calling card. Uh, you think of, you know, the Dallas Mavericks and Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban's, you know, very involved, a very involved owner, and they do have championship, you know, to to sit back on, but also they have, you know, a lot of exits in the postseason. And, you know, what do you consider success when you're running a team, being in the postseason every year or winning World Series? And if it's winning World Series or winning championships, there's not a lot of precedent for an owner being very in the weeds, demanding things of that nature to really show the success of championship. You know, Mark Cuban, the Mavericks have one championship or two, one or two, either way. The Cowboys haven't won a championship since the 90s, the mid-90s so at that. And, you know, you think of other owners and you don't necessarily think of success or, or instant success. So, I, you know, Mark Walter kind of stepping in. Yeah, can he challenge Andrew Friedman a little bit? Can he, you know, say, say hey, guys, let's show a little bit more aggressiveness? Yeah, but beyond that, I think it's just, you know, trying to find somebody else to blame this on. And I don't necessarily think, it, you know, Mark Walter is that guy. Uh, and one thing that, that Friedman has done is, you know, built a sustainable winner. And I think, you know, that's what they're looking for. And, and I don't think it's a matter of, you know, all the, you know, Dodgers making money. They don't really, the ownership doesn't care as long as, you know, the, the fans keep coming and everything else. And, you know, I just don't see it that way. I just think that in, you know, I think it is more on maybe Friedman and, and the way they've kind of run things. And we'll talk about that in the next segment of, you know, should that philosophy be challenged? But I don't think it's, you know, Mark Walter stepping in and saying, Hey, blah, 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 blah. You know, do we need to do this? If anything, like Stan Caston should be that guy that makes more sense. So that Dodger philosophy, should it be challenged? What, it, what do we think it is now? That's what we're going to talk about. But first, we're going to talk about something else called Jace Medical. So check it out. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now, and it's important to be prepared. And there's a solution for that, and it's called Jace Medical, and it's specifically called the Jace case. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can get the Jace case customized to your needs. If you have specific needs, um, you know, that are different than maybe what the normal Jace case comes, you can customize your case and add or move around or, you know, create your custom Jace case based on your life-saving medications that meet your needs. And how do you find those needs? Well, when you sign up and log and get online at, at jacemedical.com, you, you know, kind of figure things out of what you need and you fill it out and you might consult with a physician and then they can kind of help out and say, okay, you need this, you need this, you need this. Boom. You sign up, you pay for it. Your Jace case comes a few days later and now you're prepared in the case that something happens in the world and you know we don't know what's going to happen in the world all the time but we know that the jace case can help you out all it takes is online form 
talk to a physician, get your thing, your Jace case created, and you move forward. So don't get caught unprepared. Go get your Jace case today at jacemedical.com. And if you use the code locked on at jacemedical.com, you'll get $20 discount at checkout on your order. So that's promo code locked on at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to subscribe and listen every day and become an everydayer wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. All right. So the other part of the article, and also we got a question uh, about it, is I'll, I'll quote the article right now. It says, quote, in Walter's absence, the once cutting edge baseball operations department has become a caricature of itself now paralyzed by its insistence on winning every deal. Friedman once said that taking a rational approach with every free agent will cause the team finishing third in the bidding each time, but he has nonetheless remained conservative in his pursuit of high-end players. The Dodgers won't do anything significant unless a bargain is involved. And then I got a question from Esteban at Esteban77. He says, do you feel or sense that in a weird way the Dodgers feel arrogant at times when they face an opponent? Or in that same light, should they be given this ultra-high favoritism when they have failed two years in a row, um, being linked to all these free agents, but they you know, haven't really signed any of those big-name free agents? He says, is it time to poop or get off the pot or make the move no matter the cost? Uh, he says he's tired of everyone saying the Dodgers are a better team on paper, or as fans, we should have rewarded them for being bad in October. Um, and... I do think we're at the point that Friedman's philosophy, in a sense, can be challenged a bit. I do think they have gotten very conservative in recent years. And and it's kind of gone with, you know, the the new the fact of a new trade deadline uh without the the waiver deadline, and then the new trade, the, the new operations around the trade deadline where there's an extra team in the postseason and it has added more teams to the mix of who's actually selling and who's buying. I think that has been a part of it. So yeah, prices are going to be high. You you have to pay, you know, more premium prices than you did before if you want to acquire, you know, a really good starting pitcher or a hitter or anything of that nature at the deadline. Which is why I think like Free agency is a way for the Dodgers to attack if they don't want to get into the trade market. And it's been, you know, in the past, the Dodgers have maybe gone into the season still with a strong roster, but maybe not the strongest it could have been if they had signed a, a, a bigger name free agent. But with the caveat being that they're going to make that trade at the deadline that pushes them, you know, in what in their minds is over the top. So, you know, the Dodgers for a while were, were, there was a string of four or five years where the Dodgers had acquired the best, the top three, if not the best player traded at the deadline. And, and that happened, you know, you Darvish was one of the best players traded at that deadline in 2017, you know, revisionist history for some Dodger fans is that they should have went after Justin Verlander and, you know, they made the wrong choice. Verlander wasn't traded at that specific deadline. He was traded at the waiver deadline. And at the time he wasn't a better pitcher than you Darvish was, you know, if you think he had better stuff or was going to play better in the future, you know, maybe you did think that in 2017, but at the time it, it wasn't necessarily that clear. And 
you know, and then, you know, they got different guys throughout the years to kind of help them, you know, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, like that happened just two years ago. Like it, it's not a, it's not a matter of and and look at that deal specifically. Like Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, did it win the Dodgers a World Series? No, it didn't win them World Series. It got them into the NLCS. You know, Trey Turner and Max Scherzer did help the Dodgers get to the NLCS, and it and it didn't even help them win the division that year. Like they were chasing the Giants or or trying to, you know, beat the Giants, and they didn't beat the Giants after acquiring. Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, like it didn't, it didn't help them win that division that year. It did help them get to the NFCS, but it didn't help them win the World Series, you know. And and not that they they lost that trade per se. I guess you could say that depending on how you feel. But like, you know, Josiah Gray was an All Star starting pitcher last year. The Dodgers could have used one of those. You know, uh, Kiber Ruiz has turned himself into a decent enough catcher. And definitely would be an upgrade over Austin Barnes if you made him the backup catcher. Would the Dodgers have been better off not making that trade? And, you know, they probably still would have not won the division. And, you know, you can't say for sure that they wouldn't have won a wild card game and the NLDS against the Giants. Like, we don't know. But I think these last two years have really kind of marred it. But, again, the last two years they have been a little bit more – less aggressive in the sense of like the names that they're getting, but also it's a matter of nobody really traded at the deadline. The last two years has been, Oh my God, like this guy changed the whole trajectory of the team, you know, and even free agency, like Trey Turner ended up having decent numbers, but that was led by a a very hot last two months of the season. And then in the postseason, he was hot until he wasn't. And then you have Philly fans wanting to trade him and things of that nature after the after the series um, because he ended on a, on a cold streak. You know, Xander Bogarts didn't have that great of a year in San Diego, and now he has 10 more years there. You know, Carlos Correa probably could have helped out the Dodgers, you know, especially at shortstop, would have been an upgrade offensively. But, it, you know, and the Twins did win a series for the first time in a long time. But... You know, it, it, I don't know if it would have changed the Dodgers' fortunes in the sense of they would have beat the Diamondbacks, and, and it's one of those things where, on top of all that, you're asking for the Dodgers, oh, get the best players, oh, sign more players, oh, blah blah blah, get all this, blah blah blah. Look at the team in the World Series. Yeah, one team, the Rangers, they did spend, they did, you know, make the big moves at the deadline. Okay, that's one team. Look at the other team that one beat the Dodgers and is in the same divi- division, same, you know side of the bracket in the NL, the Diamondbacks don't have any. Their high-priced free agent is sitting at home, Madison Bumgarner, and he's been sitting at home for half the season. And, you know, they did make some moves at the deadline. They got, you know, Paul Seawald, and he's been their closer, and he's been good for them in the postseason. They got Tommy Pham, who's had a, you know, a good series against the Dodgers, had a big home run in game six. You know, he did help them, but, you know, Tommy Pham – had less of an impact than Kike did after the trade deadline. Um, And it just happened to be that they made the world series and Tommy Pham has had some moments, but you know, he's not a game changer by any sense. So it's just one of those things where like, how can you see the Dodgers keep losing to teams that we believe is inferior and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you want the Dodgers to just, Oh, next year, let's just go get more players and more. They've had the players. They've had 
all-star caliber team. Like they've had teams with multiple all-stars. They've had years where they had Clayton Kershaw and Zach Green. They had two of the best three pitchers in baseball at the time that year. And they still lost. Like it, it's not, there's not a secret sauce to it. And, you know, for it to all be kind of formulated into this, oh, you know, blah, blah. the players have to perform sometimes and sometimes they don't. And, you know, where's this Dodger team last year or two years ago, or, you know, last year or this year, probably the best team they could have put on paper out there. No, but were they good enough to, you know, at least beat the teams that they played in the first round? Yes. And they didn't, it didn't happen. So it's hard for me to sit here and say, oh, you know, you need to go sign more players and blah, blah, blah. And that's the solution because Mookie Betts is $300 million guy, Freddie Freeman, $160 million guy. And in this October, they had a combined one hit in three games. You know, if you sign two more $200 million guys, that doesn't guarantee that they're going to have hits in the postseason. So for me, it's I do think that their philosophy needs to shift a little bit. I do think they can be a little bit more aggressive. I do think they can, you know, make some adjustments to how they build a team and how they look at the postseason and how they look at the regular season. But I don't think, you know, it's a major shift or I don't think it's something that, you know, that that is some major flaw. I just think the last two years have made it look worse. Uh, but I do think that they can make some changes, but I don't think it's a whole on shift. I don't think it's Mark Walters, you know, can, can like, I don't think it's because of him. I don't think it's any of that. I think the players haven't performed when it came down to it. They maybe could have given themselves a better shot. And I do think that they can be a little bit more aggressive, especially right now. Like you signed Mookie Betts to that long deal. You signed Freddie Freeman to, you know, that longish deal. I do think you need to take advantage of them being on the team and, you know, maybe be a little bit more aggressive, but also they also have to perform when it comes down to it and everyone else around them has to perform. Uh, You know, if they would, Dodgers would have just performed exactly how they performed in the regular season, you know, they would have at least won the first series and then, you know, who knows what happens in the next round, but that's how I feel about it. If you have different feelings, you're always welcome to share them in the YouTube comments or, you know, send them our way and we can discuss. There's a lot, there's a lot of off season to talk about. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm right in the sense of how they should go about it or anything like that. I'm just saying that sometimes it just doesn't work out. And, 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 you know, baseball is weird right now in, in the sense of the postseason. So on this day, three years ago, the Dodgers won the world series. We're going to talk about, just how that game was, how those feelings were, and uh, hopefully we can get that feeling back soon. So that's what's on tap. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. If free Thanksgiving sounds great to you, then Ibotta is here to help with that because Ibotta can give you cash back and help make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete because who wants turkey without gravy who wants rolls without butter and who wants ham without whatever you put ham on. So, or whatever you put on ham. So big holidays mean big family get togethers, but you don't have to spend all that money on the Thanksgiving spread without getting something in return with Ibotta. You can get that Turkey and all your favorite sites for free starting November 1st for the fourth year in a row. Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem everything 
and all you need to do and get everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. Shop at your favorite retailers, upload your receipt, get 100% cash back, and boom, you're ready with Ibotta. You can also earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers when you start with Ibotta, including Maze, Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. So download the Ibotta app now and use code MLB to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store, download the free Ibotta app and use code MLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and code MLB. Go get your Thanksgiving feast ready to go. Let's close out the episode by thanking you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Become an everydayer by listening to Locked On Dodgers or watching Locked On Dodgers every weekday morning. Remember, SiriusXM can help you out if you're trying to listen to any of the World Series games coming up or next year if you want to watch the Dodgers. You can uh, just do so with the SiriusXM or SXM app. All right. Three years ago, we had one of the best days of some of our lives in the sense of things that, you know, beyond family and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the Dodgers won the World Series, and it the actual game was 3-1 to one score. The Dodgers won the series in game six. And, you know, what a joyous moment it was. And, and 2020 was an interesting year because, you know, obviously shortened season, everything else. It was already a, a weird year to begin with. You know, the pandemic had kind of forced us to stay home a lot of the time that year. And it was, you know, the, there was finally fans in the playoffs. I was lucky enough to go to game one and two of the World Series that year. But in the end, you know, it was a good or a bad year for some, a worse year for some others. And I think, you know, this kind of brought at least some joy in the moment to a lot of us Dodger fans. And, you know, if everyone remembers the game. Dodgers were down early. Tony Gonson, who had struggled most of that postseason, uh, gave up the homer to Rose Reina early in the game. The Dodgers had were not touching uh, Blake Snell at all until the sixth inning when Austin Barnes led off with the single. Kevin Cash came out to take out Blake Snell. There was a commotion and hubaloo and all that stuff, and Blake Snell wasn't happy. And then, boom, a few pitches later, the Dodgers had a 2-0 lead. And, you know, from then on, once they took that lead, in my mind, I was like, the Dodgers are about to win the World Series. And and it was one of those weird feelings that, like, you know, if you guys have watched the show, been a listener or, or watched – before you know that I'm not necessarily the most optimistic person when it comes to the postseason. But that year, like as soon as the Dodgers came back and beat the Braves, I was like, okay, the Dodgers are winning the World Series this year. Uh, I just thought they were that much better than the Braves. I didn't think that it was, you know, going to be much of anything. And honestly, the Dodgers should have won in five games, but we all remember what happened in game four and, you know, Kelly Jensen and, and Brandon, not Brandon Phillips. Uh, I forget his name, but, you know, we remember him running breaking off that little hit, running around the bases, walk, you know, walk off winner, whatever the case was. Dodgers came back on the next day, game five, and then that set up the thing for game six. So, you know, I thought, okay, we're going to win this World Series. Like, you know, we have the right guys. But I did want some more runs in case Kenley Jensen was the guy that they did use, and, you know, he, he struggled a little bit that year. Mookie Betts comes up in the bottom of the eighth. He crushes a home run. Now they're three, they're three outs away, two-run lead, and it's like, okay, they're definitely going to win the World Series now. 
and you know after Gonsolin, it was just a dominant performance by you know guys that had been good for the Dodgers that year, and guys that you know didn't really have the moment, but that was like you know Dylan Floro got the last out in the second inning. Then you had Alex Wood throw a couple innings who, you know, didn't really contribute as much that year um, as he had in the past, but still. Pedro Baez, who's always had a, a weird history with the Dodgers, got a couple outs. Victor Gonzalez, an inning in a third. You know, Bruce Dark Gratterall got two outs. And then, you know, at the time, it was somebody that we had expected to help out with the Dodgers, Julio Diaz. He got, you know, the last seven outs of the game. But just the euphoria that happened once that final out was made of we won the World Series. You know, I was I remember watching at my uncle's house, uh, you know, a bunch of us all all watching and you know, setting up the the once it gets to the last inning, you know, my mom's not a Dodger fan, so she had, you know, her camera out. We set up another camera phone just to kind of record our reactions and you know, the feeling was indescribable. Like as, as yes, there are other things that are more important in life and, you know, family and, you know, personal accomplishments and all the other stuff. But, you know, for somebody who at that time had invested so much into the Dodgers in the sense of, you know, doing a daily podcast and, you know, covering the team and, you know, running my own Dodger brand on the side with reviewing fiends and, you know, all that stuff. And, and, you know, you felt like, you personally won the world series and you know after all the years of heartbreak and you know finding out earlier that year that 2017 you know you got cheated out of a championship and you know all that just added up to it finally happened you know pure joy celebration you know all that type of stuff and you know definitely one of the days that i remember i remember that morning going to the store and and buying champagne to hopefully pop after the game and you know i remember that year I had, you know, superstitions galore. And one of them was when the Dodgers went down three, one in the, in the CS, I'd been watching all the games at home. Cause I, I, you know, I'm not one to, well, first of all, it was pandemic times. There wasn't, you know, you couldn't really go anywhere to watch a game. Uh, you could go places and probably watch, you know, but there wasn't too many places to go. And I was watching at home and, you know, I went from the couch to, I bought a, a chair from the kitchen a, a dine, from the dining table, brought a chair to the living room, started watching the games there, and they won three games in a row. And, and they never lost when I watched the game in that chair. So I literally took that chair to my uncle's house and uh, to watch the game there on that chair. And, you know, celebrating with my brother, who, you know, we were obviously a big part of it. My dad, unfortunately, had to work, so we didn't get to celebrate with him. But, you know, celebrating with, you know, my uncle, who's a big, big baseball, big Dodger guy, you know, now looking back, you know, celebrating with my grandpa who, you know, had passed this last year at the end of 2022. So now, you know, having that moment with him is just, you know, even more special now. So it, it was, you know, and I remember when the Dodgers put out that video of all the, of all the reactions. Um, and I think I had even started a thread of all the people reactions when they won and, you know, just pure joy, the pure joy in that moment was, was special. And, you know, as much as people want to try to take that away from you on online or, you know, even in person, depending on how your friends say, you know, Mickey Mouse ring, whatever, like you're never going to take away that joy I had in that moment. You know, like you're never going to take that feeling away from me. And it was just, you know, definitely something to remember and something that, you know, now it, for the sake of, 
I want to have that feeling again is more so for like, hey, you know, if this happens again, we get a parade. And I think that's kind of the thing that we we missed out on. We we missed out on the parade. We missed out on the the full, you know, not necessarily the full season aspect of it, but the full enjoyment of winning a World Series, you know, celebrating, you know, maybe out more or at Dodger Stadium, you know, that would have been a home game for the Dodgers. Celebrating at Dodger Stadium if they win it there, having the parade, you know, just having that moment of euphoria with, you know, a different perspective in life. So, man, it, it was a great feeling. It was a great day. And, uh, you know, glad to kind of relive it right now. So that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you all for the same thing for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day. Make sure to check us out wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Make sure to find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram. Get a hold of me or Jeff on Twitter at He's at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's91. You can also get a hold of us via email, lockdowndodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car, if you're at home, turn Smart Device Play Podcast, Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.